Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and today we got a great message for you coming out of the book of Matthew chapter 6. The title of the message is The Power of Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. I'm in the King James Version today, <clears throat> so uh, if you don't have your Bible, please go get your Bible. Pause your podcast, get your Bible, come back and join us. We're going to be talking about the power of prayer today out of Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, starting with verse 1. It says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet or, or sound off and, and give a big loud praise to yourself or try to get attention so people can see you. So don't 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 sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men and people bragging on them and lifting them up. Assuredly, I say to you that they already have their reward, that praise that they get from mankind or whoever's praising them and patting them on the back for their good deed. That's as good a reward as they're going to get. Verse number three says, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So don't let other people know. Do your best. And I know there's people going to find out eventually. I, I've done good deeds and tried my best to keep them hidden so that nobody will be saying anything about it or bragging about it or, or twisting it or anything like that. But you're always going to find somebody that finds out you've done a good deed and they're going to want to brag about it. But you don't need to be the one going out out and, and spreading the word and saying, hey, look what I did. I, look how good of a thing I done. Aren't I such a good person? You need to keep those things down and keep them hidden and secret, not because you're trying to do something mischievous, but because the Bible says, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. In other words, follow the scripture and don't be showing other people the good deeds that you're doing. When you put money in an offering plate, I like to throw it in the offering plate inside an envelope. I don't like to write the amount on the outside of the envelope and sometimes I won't even put my name on the envelope because I don't want people to know what I'm giving. I want to give it to the Lord in secret. That's what the scripture says here in Matthew chapter 6. It says, do your charitable deeds in secret and <clears throat> that way when your father sees you in secret when you're giving, he himself will reward you openly. He he will give you a reward openly and people will see uh, God's hand of favor upon your life. People will see God's righteousness. They'll they'll see his goodness inside of you and he'll, they'll see good things happening to you and things like that. It's God's reward happening openly and people won't know what charitable deeds you did to get that reward. People won't know the things you're doing to get God's favor upon your life but God and you know what what you've done to get your favor, get God's favor on your life. And that's all you need to know. You do not need to be showing mankind your good deeds. That's what the scripture says. Let's move on to verse number five. It says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites because they love to stand in the churches, the synagogues and on the corners of the streets so that they can be seen by men, get out in public and make some real fancy prayers. He says, assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. I, I know many of you 
you have heard people stand up in the church and they'll they'll give a prayer and they'll give some very elaborate words and and speak so fluently and and make some beautiful beautiful prayers and and just really sound that thing off and make it such a long beautiful drawn out prayer but that's that's not what God's looking for he's looking for the condition of your heart and you can pray silently and not even open your mouth and he hears the words coming out of your heart so he says, I, I say to you, those people, they've got their reward. Because when man brags on them for such a good prayer, bam, there's all the prayer you, that's all the reward you're getting. God, God's not going to reward you for getting out in the public and trying to draw a man's attention. If that's what you want, that's what he's going to let you have. So he says, I say to you that you have your reward when you do that. But verse number six, but you, when you pray, he's talking to us. That, that but you is written in your Bible. And when you're reading it, he's speaking to you. He says, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. So nobody else is around. Don't let everybody else hear your prayers. He says, let the Father who's in the secret pray place hear your prayers and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, don't use vain words, vain repetitions as the heathen people do for they think that they will be heard for their many words. In other words, they're not praying to God. They're praying so people can hear how nice they can pray and they can say, hey, look, that dude must be a really good Christian. He, he prays really beautiful prayers. Now, there's plenty of heathens out there that knows how to sound good when they're talking. But look, church, I, I once heard prayer described as a guided missile that can be launched from anywhere on the face of the planet at any single target, and there is no defense against it that prayer will hit its target every time. Satan cannot stop your prayers. You, you can do things to hinder your own prayers, but Satan himself cannot stop the prayers of the righteous person. James 5 and 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In other words, when you have the right heart, when you've got yourself under the blood and you've straightened yourself out with God and you start praying and talking to him and it's an effectual fervent prayer. God, here's a desperate need in the family of God. Here's a desperate need for my loved one. Lord, here's some things that just cannot wait. When you are really praying a fervent prayer, and you're living a righteous life, it avails much. It accomplishes much. That word avail means it helps or benefits. So it, that prayer benefits you much because of praying that prayer when you're living a righteous life and you're being very fervent when you pray. So your best bet in this life that we live here on this earth, your best bet in this world that we currently live in, the culture that has been created by all the evil that's around us, your best bet in this world is prayer. The enemy would rather have you do anything else than to pray. Prayer is the conversation with God and where you seek his face and you seek his attention and you seek his hand in the matters that's that you're dealing with here on this earth. Prayer is about your relationship with God. Prayer is, prayer is going to him even when you feel like you have messed up, even when you feel like you have screwed up. Everything in your life is messed up so bad that you nobody else you can turn to, but you've got such 
such a good relationship with God, you you approach him knowing that he knows just how bad you messed up and you say, Lord, I just got some stuff messed up in my life. I just got to come to you again and again and again. I, I, I know that I keep screwing this up in my life, but Lord, I just got to keep coming back to you because I know eventually you are going to help me get beyond this thing. You are going to heal me from my own self. You, you're going to help me have the power and the strength to get beyond these things that my flesh keeps conquering in my own life. There's nothing like a consistent prayer life that will move your faith from the realm of a religion into a true relationship with Christ. Come on. The scripture today shows you that the person who develops a secret life of prayer with Jesus Christ is promised reward from the Father in heaven. Why? Because you are having a true relationship with him. You're not trying to be seen by other people. You're not trying to put on a personification that's something that you ain't. You're not pretending to be something in front of people that you're not. You are having a secret conversation with your creator and that conversation is between you and him and he says, I desire to help you fix this thing because you're fervently seeking after my help. Listen, a consistent rhythm of, of meeting with a father in prayer brings blessings and favor upon an individual that constantly keeps coming back for him. And listen, if you don't believe that yet, let me share another verse with you. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe first that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So when you're looking for him, you've got to make sure you're chasing after him with all of your heart, that he's the only thing you're chasing after, that he's the only thing that matters in your life. This is one of the many verses that talks about God's reward for the person who is seeking after him with everything in them. How? How do you do that? Through prayer. Prayer is what does it? Prayer is how you seek God's face. Prayer is how you seek God's favor. It's a conversation with the Creator. What do you think life would look like to you with the reward of your Father fully present in your life? Can, listen, I, I can have that. Yes, you can have that. We can have that. We can have the we can have the full favor of God present in our life by discovering the blessings of the Lord as we talk to Him and talk with Him. Listen. Prayer for God's will in your life will also not only bring about the change in your life that is needed, but it will also help you adapt to God's changes, the things that he wants you to be doing and the changes in this world. And listen, an example here would be if you've ever used a magnifying glass to concentrate the power of the sun into a particular place, Listen, think, think of prayer as the same thing. Prayer is your ability to harness the power of the sun, not the S-U-N, the S-O-N. The, pr the prayer is your ability to harness the power of Jesus Christ into one single place, into one single circumstance into your life or into someone else's life to, to concentrate the favor of God into some situation that you or someone else is going through by focusing on it with prayer and concentrating on it with prayer. This is the absolute awesome power of prayer that many people neglect day after day after day and a consistent life of prayer will set a spiritual fire around you and you have to know that. 
And the devil, he will do everything he can possibly do to throw at you and to throw under you and to throw around you and get your mind focused on anything but prayer. And he'll give you a flat tire so you won't pray. He'll cause you to have money problems so you won't pray. He'll cause confusion in your family, sickness in your family. Anything he can do to get you focused on anything except for that prayer life with the Father in heaven. Listen, the Lord wants us to continually invite him into our lives. The Lord wants us to continually surrender to him. He wants us to continually to be seeking his power. So without prayer, you will not fully receive all that God has provided for you. You'll not have the things, you'll not have the power and the strength and the spirit of God to work through you without prayer. Listen, James chapter four, verse two says, you have not because you ask not. Needs are not met because you don't ask God for the need to be met. Let me put it in a bit more subtle term here. He has chosen to withhold from you until you come to him in prayer. He, he's not going to give all that he has for you unless you really connect with him in a relationship. He says in his word in plenty of places the same things like, I, if you love me, keep my commandments. I will call you my friend if you do what I say. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and then all these needs that you have will just be added unto you. He said things like, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you can't contain. When? When you build a relationship. When you're focused on a relationship with him, when your life in him is, is bound to him and you're focused on him and you're in love with him and you're building that relationship in such an intimate way that you can't stand to wake up in the morning and not start talking to him. You can't lay your head down at night without talking to him. You can't go through a meal without talking to him. You can't walk across your yard without talking to him. You have such a relationship that you're talking to him like he is your absolute favorite person and he's walking walking right beside you in the flesh time after time after time every day. And he is. He's doing better than that. He's walking right inside of you with you. He's there inside of you living out his life through you. So he needs us to have communication with him constantly. That's why Paul said to pray without ceasing. No, don't go through a day and say, well, you know what? I prayed to God Sunday morning. I was at the altar for at least three and a half minutes. That ought to have me good for the rest of the week. I'll see you again next Sunday morning, Lord. And so we'll see you. Listen, God's got to have a connection with us. He really wants us to build a relationship. Why is this so? Because with a relationship, God can get us to put our trust in him to tell us what we need to hear. And he's not always going to tell us things that we want to hear, but he, he builds a relationship with us so that we trust him enough so that when he tells us the things that we need to hear, even though it's something we may not want to hear, we still listen to him because we built a relationship of trust with him. So in a relationship, God can influence us to actually apply his word to our lives and, and not just fill ourselves with a bunch of head knowledge and, and reading the Bible and memorizing scriptures so that we got some talking points to talk about when we're sitting at the dinner table with our fellow Christians. It's a whole different story when you're out in the world with a bunch of people who don't know Jesus and you're still shining the light and you're still talking about him, but he don't want us to have a bunch of head knowledge just to be able to 
get into the conversation around the dinner table, head knowledge is not applied to our everyday living. It, it don't help us. The Lord needs us. He, he, I need him to allow me to shine some light. I, I need him shining his light on me every day. I need his light shining through me. Have you ever heard the saying, wisdom is knowledge applied? So listen, knowledge says, I know what the Bible says. I, I've read the Bible. I know what it says. And I, I know the scriptures and I can have this conversation. That's what knowledge says. But wisdom says, I know the Bible's instructions are what's best for me. Knowledge will argue the word to prove itself, to show that I know something and I can prove that I'm right about what I know. That's what knowledge will do. Knowledge will argue the word of God so that it can prove itself right. Wisdom will submit to the word of God so that you can improve yourself. What a huge difference. Knowledge will argue to show that I know what I'm talking about. Wisdom will submit to the word so that I can have improvement within myself and grow in spiritual statue. Knowledge is what people eat on their pride sandwich while wisdom is served in a humble pie. That's, that's some good word for somebody today because there's plenty of pride out there where people talks about I know the scripture I know what it means I, I don't need to listen to you or you ain't telling me anything I've read the Bible I know well how about we follow it a little bit here and we we figure out that the word applied to our life will cause us to get down on our knees and humble ourselves and stop arguing and stop acting like we're right and stop carrying on like we know more than other people because the Bible is here for us all to grow in wisdom and statue to together, not someone run off and leave us so they can brag about how smart they are. That's that's satanic. That's devilish. That's witchcraft. We, God don't have anything to do that. And I, yes, I did say it, and I'm going to hold on to that word, because if you're reading the word and studying the word just so you can stand up in front of people or argue with people and show them how much knowledge you got so that you can show that you're smarter or show that you're better or show that you can't be corrected, then you might as well go back living for the devil because you're still living for the devil. Come on. Wisdom in God's word will submit to his word to improve yourself and to help improve other people, not try to put them down or try to show them that you're better than they are. That's some good preaching. I don't care if you believe it or not. Come on, pat, reach through the screen there and pat me on the back a little bit for that one. I, every now and then, I just get off on something like that and I just have to say it. The Lord puts that in my heart. And, I, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of people out there today that they take a whole lot of pride in showing how much scripture they can memorize, but they don't take a whole lot of uh, effort to find out the uh, what it takes to make that scripture mean something in their life. It coming out of your head and coming out of your mouth don't do you a bit of good. It's got to come out of your heart for you to be changed by that word. Amen. Are we starting to get the picture today? Wisdom comes from a humble position, and that's on our knees. A relationship with God the Father is built on making His Word your wisdom. And that's not going to happen without consistent prayer in your life. No relationship has ever been established without communication. And that, that's for good reason, church. Listen, God isn't going to reward people who don't build a relationship of trust with Him and not in him. Listen, we, we got to have trust in him and he has to trust you. Come on. 
When your relationship with him gets to that point where he can trust you with some things, John 14 and 13 says, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. There's some trust relationship right there. If, you, if you're asking something in, God, in God's name, if you're asking something in the name of Jesus Christ and God the Father trusts you enough because you trust him enough and you're asking for something in the name of his Son, he's going to do it. Why? Because his Son is going to be glorified and the Father will be glorified through the Son. So that brings me to my next point that we need to realize is our relationships are supposed to be centered around the Father. Our prayer lives are supposed to be centered around the Father. Our prayers are answered from the Father. Why? Because we, through Christ in us, are to pray for things that we know will glorify who? The Father. It's all about the Father in heaven. This is why we pray the will of the Father. Church, we got to get the idea here in our life that we, we don't need to be running down the road praying for more money and, and praying for more things and praying for more trinkets. It's too close to the end of this world for stuff like that. God to be wasting his time giving us trinkets and money and stuff that he's going to burn up shortly after and destroy because we're praying for material things and earthly things and not eternal things. We, we need to be praying for what truly counts in his kingdom and what uplifts his name and brings glory to his his name. That's why we pray his will and not our own will. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to be praying God's will and not our own will so that when prayers are answered, the Father is glorified. It don't need to be that when prayers are answered, we run to the bank and get more money out. It don't need to be that when prayers are answered, we can run down to Walmart and fill up a shopping cart and, and still have plenty of money left over. That's not what glorifies God the Father. What glorifies God the Father is when you pray some things for the will of the Father. Let me give you some example. Lord, I know that my neighbor is hurting right now. I know my neighbor has lost a loved one. Lord, I pray for your comfort in their life. Lord, put something in my heart that I can say to them that I can help them out with in their time of need. God, I know that they're struggling. I know that the loss of a loved one is horrible. I've been there too myself. God, please comfort them. Send your comforting angels to them, Lord, and minister to them, God, and use me to do something to help them out, Lord. Put something on my heart and give me the strength and the courage to go over and help my neighbor in their time of need. That right there is praying the will of the Father. Now, that's not the only prayer that you can pray that's the will of the Father. But see, that was a selfless prayer. It had nothing to do with me. It was everything about my neighbor. God, I want you to touch my neighbor. God, help my neighbor when they're in a time of need. That's what gets the Father glorified. When he answers that prayer, he wasn't answering it to, to lift you up. He wasn't answering it to help you. He was answering it to help somebody else through you. And that glorifies him because you are reflecting his will through your life and through your prayers. Amen. That's what it takes to glorify the Father and your relationship with Jesus Christ, your relationship with your heavenly Father, your relationship with the Holy Spirit, all three in one. <clears throat> 
needs to be concentrated around a prayer life. The prayer is what makes this, uh, this relationship happen better than anything else. And without prayer, it does not happen. You can't substitute prayer for anything else. And I know all of us have failed at times to pray like we ought to. And he says we need to pray often. But again, I'll say Paul said we need to pray without stopping. So we need to build a habit of praying and talking to the Father. And I don't mean speaking and having a 24-hour prayer life, but I mean you can take the time to do them them little short 10 to 15 uh 10 to 15 word prayers. Uh, Lord, I just pray for your favor in my life today as I go out and do the things that I'm supposed to be doing today that it will glorify you. That's a good prayer to be praying so that you know that the things that you're going to be doing out there, I don't want them to glorify me, Lord. Let my actions today glorify you. There's your really good prayer to pray before you walk out your door in the morning to go to work. Focus on what it will take to uplift the, the Son of God and uplift the Father himself so that your life will be reflecting what Jesus Christ wanted it to be here on this earth. Amen. I know that's a whole lot to take in, but if you don't get anything else out of this, I want to tell you today, the power of prayer is a magnificent thing in your life. And if you don't have a prayer life, you are missing out on so much in God's kingdom and you are missing out on so much of God's favor in your life. Amen. You need to get yourself a time every day, two or three times every day, but start out with a certain time to where you at least pray in that one time a day, then make it turn into two, then make it turn into three, and then before you know it, you're going to want to talk to him all day long about everything that goes on. You're going to want his advice about everything you do, even if it's choosing which spoon to pick up in the kitchen. You're going to get to the place to where you want God's advice on everything in your life so that you will be glad glorifying him in everything you do. Amen. You can't get too much Jesus. I'm just going to throw that out there to you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. I pray this helps you. I pray it encourages you to help you live a life more abundantly and you can hold on to your profession of faith of Jesus Christ without wavering because I can promise you that he's faithful when he promises he will do the things he says he will do. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one.